Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I realize that I often just start these monologues by laughing. <laughs> and I think the ultimate thing I'm laughing about <laughs> is the very idea that I'm here, you know, in my 71st year, all of a sudden I've decided to do daily <laughs> Monologues. It seems kind of ironic <laughs> to me because <laughs> I never really thought of myself as much of an entertainer or even a funny person. Uh, I've basically been a, a teacher, a lecturer, a serious person. <laughs> in my life. But when I sit here in this chair, I, all of a sudden, everything seems funny. <laughs> and I'm under the impression that there's actually like a cosmic truth, <laughs> a cosmic truth to that, that there's, there's something inherently funny about the universe itself. The irony, of course, is that there's everything about the universe itself. There's something very tragic about the universe itself. <laughs> and, and yet, the idea that the universe could be tragic is also funny. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just in a mood, a peculiar <laughs> mood, but, uh, you would say that there's something very passionate, something very loving about the universe. And yet, even that kind of seems funny. Now, <laughs> the idea that the universe could even be tragic is <laughs> strikes me as funny. How could the universe be tragic? I mean, let's face it, <laughs> it would seem, if we're looking at the universe purely logically, there should be no universe. Why should there be anything <laughs> at all? So, the fact that there is a universe, what are we to make of it? I guess the first question people ask is like, is it meaningful? Is, is there a purpose? Is there a function? Is there meaning to be found in the fact that we exist? <laughs> it just, <laughs> well, the existential philosophers and many other philosophers, postmodern philosophers in general, are coming around to thinking, no, there's no meaning to any of it. The, the only meaning that there is, is, is the meaning that we create. And, and why do we create meaning at all is to satisfy our needs. You know, how are we going to get a little more food ultimately? <laughs> or a little more of uh, whatever it is that we desire. How are we going to fulfill our desires? That's, <laughs> that's how we create meaning, which in, in a way uh, seems perfectly natural, perfectly logical, and on the other hand, perfectly pathetic. Is that the best we can do? I mean, when we're looking for meaning is how, how am I going to get my needs met? And yet, if we don't get our needs met, where are we?
speaking of needs, I don't know that psychic functioning has ever come up in any of the classical uh, psychological studies of human needs. There's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, for example, and he talks about self-actualization. He talks about mystical experiences even being uh, a sign of self-actualization. He calls it a peak experience, but he doesn't address the question of parapsychology at all. Does anybody need to be psychic? I think most of us would say, no, I'm going to have a good life, or at least it's not going to be any worse if I'm not psychic. Because let's face it, the most psychic people among us are mostly not psychic. I mean, a, a great psychic, the you know, Ted Owens of the world, the Uri Gellers of, of the world, are like great baseball players, <laughs> like Babe Ruth. They strike out more often than they hit home runs. So who needs that? <laughs> and if being psychic isn't a human need. Well, where, where does it fit? Where does it fit? I guess we could call it a human potential. Uh, and, and a very, very rudimentary human potential, I would say. And on this planet, amongst this human species, <laughs> well, we don't really know. Uh, you know, it seems as if in some circumstances, psychic functioning might be highly refined. And maybe we haven't yet quite got the way to, to perceive it. Well, I suppose you could consider it like electricity, you know, in, in the early days when people studied electricity, when Benjamin Franklin flew a kite and tied a key onto the kite string and found that lightning would strike the key and uh, began to develop his theories of electricity. Based on that, we had a very rudimentary understanding of electricity. It wasn't really used for anything much. I mean, we knew about certain animals like certain fish that would have an electrical charge on them, but we didn't have a technology the way we have today where our whole civilization is run on electricity. And maybe the same is true of psychic functioning. It seems like a kind of will-o'-wisp function for the most part. Parapsychologists like myself are the most marginalized of all researchers. And yet, I think someday it will become central. And, you know, just like I think most people, if you were to ask them today, civilized people, do you need electricity? Well, Two, three hundred years ago, of course, the answer would have been no. Most people wouldn't even know what electricity was. But today, if you want to live in the civilized way, of course you need electricity. <laughs> even, even in third world countries, even in the most rural backward areas now, they have electricity. I, I remember when I visited China. <laughs> That would have been over 30 years ago for the first time in the mid-1980s. And it was 
I mean, it's a very advanced civilization today for sure. But back then, we ate at a restaurant where they just had a dirt floor, but they did have a light bulb hanging from the ceiling. Even there, they had electricity, of course. So, psychic functioning could be like that. It could be something that someday we will all need, that if you don't have it, you're going to fall way behind. Now, knowing that that might be the case in the future, how does that affect your thinking about it now? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's something that we need because it is a rudimentary, highly undeveloped potential. Maybe we need it all the more. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't say. I think each of you have the ability to determine for yourself whether you think this is something you need. And if you're watching these videos of, of me, is it because I'm happy and make you laugh? I have to say I don't laugh this much in my life normally. I do not. <laughs> but there's, there's something about being alone in this room while I'm simultaneously talking to, let us say, about a thousand people or more. <laughs> it just, it brings, it, it tickles my funny bone. It makes me appreciate the delightful hilarity. <laughs> in which we're immersed. And, and I'm very grateful for that because, you know, for most of my life, I don't think I appreciated quite how hilarious everything is. But it did, it does, it does remind me of a Tai Chi teacher I had many years ago who told me that when you're doing Tai Chi really well, the great masters of Tai Chi are always, he said, on the edge of hilarity. So, in a way, maybe these monologues is a form of Tai Chi for me. <laughs> and, and I also want to point out that, you know, I've tried to downplay it, this notion of transmission. I don't want to make it, you know, like, this is a cult. You are being magnetized by me. No, no, nothing at all like that. But I do think that. <laughs> The humor that is somehow <laughs> possessing me that everything seems so funny is part of the transmission. It is. And, and I think probably the message is not to take yourself too seriously. <laughs> my senses, especially among some of my critics who, who I love and who post uh, often wonderful comments, and, and I have to say, I learn so much from the people who comment on uh, these videos. I do. But uh, I also get the sense <laughs> that sometimes you take yourself too seriously. <laughs> Especially those of you who disagree with me politically. <laughs> So that's that's the thought I'm going to leave you with. <laughs> Is, are you taking yourself too seriously one way or another? 
If so, what can you do about it? How, how, what would tickle your funny bone? How can you begin to see more of the humor in life? Not, and, and I don't mean ha-ha humor. I mean, see, as my yeah, Tai Chi teacher once said, how, how can you bring yourself right to the edge of hilarity? <laughs> and if you do, what will come of that? What will come out of more laughter, more hilarity in your life? I'll leave you with that thought. And Thank you, thank you for being with me.